Hi, this is David Shoemaker, and I'd like to welcome you to this segment of Living Thelema. Now, I had a couple requests for this topic, and so I'm happy to uh, to honor those uh, whenever I can. And uh, this month's topic is going to be the formulas of LVX and NOX, also known as the formulas of Lux and Nox, which translate into light and night. Uh, now, there's... In my experience, there's a lot of misunderstanding or at least misplaced emphasis um, when it comes to these formulae, and so I want to speak a little bit about that today. Now, as usual, and I want to emphasize it especially this time, that um, the opinions that I'm offering here are um, based on my own progress and observation of my own work, uh, along with that of my colleagues and my students over the years. This is certainly not anything doctrinal to OTO or any other organization, um, merely my own thoughts. So I encourage your skepticism and your, your own personal research, as always. Now, I'm going to do something unconventional in terms of understanding these formula or explaining these formula, and that is I'm going to start at the end and work backwards because I think that will convey the nature of of the process uh, a little better to start with. So let's look at the path of return, the path of mystical and magical attainment in terms of its ultimate goal as a starting place. Told you we were going to work backwards. So what's the ultimate goal of the path? By most people's description, I think we would come up with something akin to union with God or union with the all, immersion in the infinite, the attainment of supreme, supernal cosmic consciousness. So one of the symbols that most vibrantly captures this attainment in terms of the system of the AA, uh, as it's often talked about, is the dissolution of oneself into the grail of Babylon, or the the great holy grail of the sphere of Binah, which symbolizes and, and is attributed to the attainment of the 8 equals 3 grade of AA and the Magister Templi. Now, if we are going to offer all of ourselves, all of who we are, everything that we are, if we're going to offer all of this into the grail, it follows that we have to know who we are. We have to have fully realized who we are. We have to make this offering a truly meaningful one by making it a complete one. As it is written in Lieberketh, Thou shalt mingle thy life with the universal life. Thou shalt keep not back one drop. So this must be a complete offering. And in order to fully know ourselves and to fully have fully realized ourselves at the ego personality level, such that giving that up means something, uh, we must have attained to the sphere of seven equals four, to the, uh, the sphere of Hesed and the Adeptus Exemptus grade in AA. This symbolizes the fully realized, fully functioning, maximally functioning Ruach. Now, still moving backwards here, to attain to a fully functioning and fully, fe- fully realized Ruach, we must have already attained knowledge and conversation of the Holy Guardian Angel, thereby you know, catching a glimpse of that sun or star at our center uh, and gaining knowledge of the true will. 
we must have attained that already in order to deepen our relationship to the angel, to fully realize our lives uh, as an outward expression of our true will, and thereby eventually attain to adeptus exemptus. So still moving backwards, in order to obtain knowledge and conversation of the holy guardian angel, we must have previously equilibrated ourselves in terms of the elements of our being by passage literally in the system of AA or otherwise, by passage through the elemental tasks, the grade tasks, and the balancing trials of the outer order of AA, moving through the spheres of Malkuth, Yasod, Hod, Netzach, and through the grade of Dominus Liminus at the portal of Tefereth, at which time we resynthesize and harmonize all of these elements into a suitable vessel for the light of the Holy Guardian Angel, as I've discussed on previous uh, a previous segment about the Holy Guardian Angel. Now, um, there you have it. We moved from the supreme attainment of supernal consciousness backwards to the very beginning of the path when we seek to know ourselves and our component parts, purify and consecrate these component parts, and reassemble them as a vessel fit for the indwelling of the angel. So if that's the path, and I hope that that way of describing it has been useful, then let's now reverse direction, start at the beginning, and walk through what that experience is like in outer life and inner life as one is walking it. The formula of Lux, LVX. Uh, traditionally, you've probably read or heard a lot about this in the context of the old Hermetic Order, the Golden Dawn, where this is a formula of their uh, Tefereth attainment. And if you review the so-called analysis of the keyword, which is a part of the lesser ritual of the hexagram as published in Libra O and elsewhere, you'll see that the formula of Lux is intertwined with the formula of INRI, the so-called Dying God uh, formula that, uh, for the most part, has been associated uh, with the old Aeon of Osiris prior to the Aeon of Horus and Thelema. So in the old Golden Dawn, the Lux formula was um, connected with Defereth and was the symbol of the crowning uh, achievement of their, their first order. Now, I'm going to be talking more from the perspective of the AA, where uh, the Tefereth attainment is, in fact, actual knowledge and conversation of the Holy Guardian Angel. A little later, I'll explain how you can see this at different levels, depending on whether you're talking about a Golden Dawn-type outer order or uh, the AA. But in any case, in the AA, the formula of Lux is the process of seeking that light of the Holy Guardian Angel, an entirely valid formula that has been overlaid by the formula of the Dying God in its old Aeonic manifestation, but isn't necessarily identical. That one star in sight that we have in our vision from the beginning, that light of the angel, is the LVX we seek, uh, along with the resulting self-knowledge and self-empowerment. As we move through the outer order grades of AA, the Lux formula is manifesting itself, as I've previously hinted at here, as a process akin to the alchemical formula of Solve et Coagula, which is the, the dissolution and the, and the bringing together 
uh, of each of the component parts of ourselves. So the the day-to-day experience of an initiative of these grades is often necessarily one of uh, partial consciousness at a certain stage, for example, at Malkuth in the grade of uh, neophyte, there's a great deal of emphasis on the physical. Later at the grade of Zelator and Yasod, there's a great deal of emphasis on the subconscious processes. At the grade of Hod, the intellect. At the grade of Netzach, the desire, the aspiration. These are all just parts of self, but at each stage of the process we, in the AA, we are specifically focusing on, as I said, the purification, consecration, and understanding of these aspects of self so that they can be reassembled in a pattern fitting our true will and fitting our true selves as a vessel for the angel. Because of these partial realities that we tend to live in at this stage, you you may find that at these stages you, you feel somewhat unbalanced, especially when you're off the middle pillar in a grade. And, um, Yet this imbalance is a necessary part of the harmonization. If we only strove for enhancing those things that made us most feel comfortable and balanced, we would leave large portions of ourselves undeveloped, both psychologically and magically. Uh, Crowley addresses this with his various warnings about the dangers of of, uh, simply pandering to one's preferences, as opposed to developing those aspects of self which are more shadowy and disowned and disliked. So we have to compensate for these prejudices and preferences by training the less developed and sometimes less desirable aspects of self. We construct ourselves as a grail for the light of the HGA. And with that metaphor in place, we can understand that a grail that has a hole in it will leak. A grail that is lopsided will topple. A grail that is made out of the wrong material may be dissolved by the light or contaminate the light. And um, therefore, there's a reason that this process is so specific and has so much emphasis placed on balance and proportion. Finally, when this grail of ourselves is, is completed through the passage of the elemental grades, we offer ourselves in a receptive state to the light of the angel. As we read in Libra 65, To await thee is the end not the beginning. So the formula of Lux the, and the attainment of Tefereth crowns the passage through the elemental grades and is intimately connected with the attainment of the knowledge and conversation of the Holy Guardian Angel. If the first order grades were a courtship and the knowledge and conversation is the wedding, then the grades of RC, the second order of the AA, Uh, are the maturing and developing marriage as one's intimacy with the Holy Guardian Angel is solidified and one's life is conformed to be an ever more perfect vessel of the true will. Now at this stage, there is a gradual transition of focus onto the Knox formula. Although the Lux formula remains uh, very pivotal and, and vibrant because it is itself the formula, as I said, of that Tefereth attainment, you are fresh, you know, from the knowledge and conversation, and you're deepening that intimacy with the angel and that awareness of the angel as the solar center, uh, either of worship or within oneself, depending on your conceptualization of that and your experience of that. But you, at this stage, 
will tend to note an increasing awareness that there is an endpoint to this personal development, that the individual consciousness that you're continuing to to uh, build and enhance and balance the Ruach consciousness that is interacting with the, the angel is going, to, is going to be finitely expandable. And to go beyond that, there's nothing left for you, literally nothing left for you, except the transition to the Knox formula. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I wanted to, to clarify that with the, the attainment of Teferith, there is a gradual shift here that that begins. So uh, the transition from 5 equals 6 to 6 equals 5, Adeptus Minor to Adeptus Major, has a lot to do with the process of conforming the outer life to be a vessel for the true will. Relationships, jobs, everything else about our outer lives and our inner personalities uh, is is the field of operation of the light of the angel and we'll find much of this uh, reconfigured, reconstructed, sometimes blasted apart and put back together in uniquely interesting ways as we seek to make ourselves and the expression of our true will in our lives perfect. The attainment to 7 equals 4, as I've said, is the fully, symbolizes the fully realized Ruach consciousness, the human in its most magnificent manifestation as a human, as human consciousness, as we normally know it. And it is only at this stage, when we have finally and fully come to know ourselves in all our aspects, that we are finally able to offer all of ourselves into the grail. Again, how could we possibly have done this before? It would have been a partial offering. It would have been like cutting off uh, one of our fingers and offering it into the grail and saying, here, I'm I give you everything, Babylon, but when it, in fact we had hardly even begun to know how to offer all of ourselves. Furthermore, the attainment of the Knight of Pan, the All, the dissolution in the Grail, requires us to recognize ourselves as nothing but a vessel for universal will. This is one reason for the association of the name No Man with Magister Templi at Binah. There is no place for a human there because all that one is has been given up. One thing you might want to consider here in contemplating the Knox formula in light of this offering into the grail is that we can't know what is beyond ourselves yet at this stage. We simply know that we are a limited finite being that must be offered up. Therefore, any consciousness beyond this and you know we can see consciousness symbolized by light you know any light that's out there is going to appear dark to us so in one sense perhaps nox is light that is too bright or too refined to be perceived by the lower self uh, and this darkness is not in fact absence of light but is perhaps more of a qualitative difference in the nature of that light as we perceive it as an aside, if you don't know this, um, the word pan, meaning all, uh, is equal to 210, which is also the valuation of the, the letters in OX. Uh, so the night of pan is the night of all, and the all is the transrational and transpersonal, the starry night beyond the sun that we have attained to Ferrith.
that's S-U-N, and the perception of our own star is now different. It is that one star that's been in our sight from the beginning is now seen as simply one star in the company of stars in the heavens. So as if we've offered up the sun itself into the grail uh, when we discover that it is simply one of many. Now, I said earlier that I'd encountered some misplaced emphasis in interpretation of Lux and Knox, and I want to talk a little bit about that. The first of these may at this point be fairly obvious from the foregoing discussion here, but um, I see a lot of conflation of the idea of Lux being a path that is good and other-serving, whereas Knox is evil or self-serving. Uh, so sort of the traditional dualistic attributions of light and darkness as good and evil. And uh, I, I'm not saying that in the core Thelemic culture that this is that prevalent, but sort of on the fringes of Thelemic culture, I hear a lot about this. So I, I think that if you consider everything I've said so far about these formulae and the way that they fold into the path of attainment, it should be clear that we're not talking about good and evil here. We're talking about stages of attainment and formulae that unlock those stages of attainment. Another conflation that uh, I see fairly frequently is that of the Lux formula with the old Aeon manifestation of the dying God formula. The Lux formula is simply seeking the sun or star within us. In the old Aeon, this process was projected onto the idea of an external redeemer, the God who dies for us and embodies, uh, by projection, the Neshama, or, or the superconsciousness, which we can now understand as an extension of, of self. Yet, there's no reason why the LVX formula must be linked to the dying God myth in its old Aeon form. We have an understanding in the new Aeon that we can redeem ourselves with each moment a death of the old and a rebirth into the new. We are the child in each moment that is new to us via transformation of consciousness. The moment is new and we are in a childlike way able to experience with joy and beauty the new moment presented to us, the new us presented to us. The redemption here, as we redeem ourselves, is not from sin, original sin, etc., etc., but from the delusion of mortality. Redemption from the absorption in the physical world and the apparent finality of death. Awareness of deathlessness, the principle of immortality resident in each of us. That solar divine being at our core, our star or cobs. It is a redemption um, that allows us to have an increasing ability to identify with the star within as the center of our being, rather than the limited ego personality in which we have imprisoned ourselves through our lack of full self-awareness. It enables us to place consciously the Neshama on its rightful throne as the ruler of both Ruach and Nefesh, with no need for external divine aid. The Lux formula can and does still hold power, when these new aeon truths are properly integrated into its understanding and its performance. Um, for example, there's several thelemically-based Golden Dawn-type orders that have, um, I know, revamped their presentation of the old Adeptus Minor ritual from the Golden Dawn to reflect these new aeon realities with 
in my estimation, very powerful results. In some such adaptations, of which I'm aware, uh, we're symbolically speaking not bound to an old aeon cross of passive self-sacrifice, but to the cross of the elements, showing our mastery of the formula of the pentagram. Furthermore, I think it's important to emphasize that the Luke's formula remains the climax of a formula of Tefereth, in my view, and it does so without removing any emphasis on the importance of the further attainment of Binah. It simply recognizes Tefereth as the pinnacle of one stage of development. Um, consider Crowley's comments in Magic and Theory and Practice in the chapter on the Iao formula, uh, particularly his statement that Iao can be seen as one where I and O are the opposites which form the field for the operation of A. So meditate on that, read further in that chapter, and I think you may get some clues when you hold those comments next to the analysis of the keyword in the hexagram ritual, um, you, you may be able to conceive of ways in which the INRI formula and the formula of Yao could be reconfigured uh, to great effect in the new Aeon. Now, it's also very important to note here that I've been discussing uh, parallel tracks here. In the AA, the operation of the Tefereth formula, the Luke's formula, is uh, on a different level than that in Golden Dawn-based outer orders. In an outer Golden Dawn-based order, the attainment of Tefereth is in the world of Yetzira. This is signified by deeper knowledge of the true will, a more vibrant connection with that solar center at our core, uh, but there's still much work to do. This is not equivalent to knowledge and conversation of the Holy Guardian Angel, which, by contrast, is the nature of the Tefereth attainment in AA. Here, in the AA, knowledge and conversation of the HGA symbolizes, uh, not symbolizes, actualizes the attainment of Tefereth in the world of Bria. Uh, this marks the beginnings of willed and fully conscious connection between the Briatic and Yetzeratic worlds, the conscious perception of the supernal spiritual reality impinging itself on the Ruach, as opposed to the pre-adept stage where superconsciousness, for the most part, manifests itself through the nefesh, through intuitions and dreams and such. I've discussed this before. In the AA, the further attainment of Binah, after the attainment of Tefereth, represents our ascension to consciousness of Binah of Atzaluth. So there is an inward and upward progress through the four worlds, as well as the Sephiroth on the Tree of Life. And I think if you see those processes, how they may be overlaid in the path of attainment, it makes a lot more sense how Lux and Nox uh, unfold along the tree. So those are my thoughts on Lux and Nox for today. I, I think I packed a lot into this, and um, I hope it was useful. As always, could have gone on for a lot longer about these things, but hopefully that's a start. Um, now, I want to announce that uh, I'm going to be taking a hiatus from Living Thelema for the months of February and March 2011, and I'll be resuming in the month of April after the equinox. So, as always, if you have any comments or suggestions for future programs or comments or questions about this one, please write to me at livingthelema at me.com. And if you want more information about my work, or also for contact information, you can go to livingthelima.com. As always, thanks very much for listening, and especially for your comments and suggestions, and I will look forward to talking to you next time.